Podcast Answer Man, episode number 315. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey everybody, Mark Mason here from LateNightInternetMarketing.com. I've got two degrees in electrical engineering, and when I have a podcast question, I call Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you're just getting ready to sign up for my podcasting A to Z class to start your first episode. There's something we can all do to take your show, your podcast, and everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and I am so excited to be recording this episode. The third one in a row for me today. Of course, I am still recording this on Thursday, June 20th, and this one will not go out into the RSS feeds until Thursday, July 4th. So I recorded this two weeks ago, my friends. Hey, So excited to be uh, sharing with you today's topic, 21 tips to improve your podcast interviews. Or a lot of these are about podcast um, interview etiquette, things that you ought to consider. You know, one thing, it's one thing to get interviews. And a lot of people are, when they first get started with podcasting, it, it can be a little bit more difficult on the front end. To, to secure a couple interviews, especially with some of the A-listers that you might want to have on your show. And unfortunately, there are many times that you get somebody who's just launching a podcast and they immediately go for those top two or three people that they desire to have on their show to really kick things off in a really big way. And without having any experience under their belt, uh, Oftentimes, those first two or three interviews fail miserably for a host of different reasons. Most of the time, technology uh, fails them, and and they had not done adequate testing and practice interviews and sessions and stuff like that prior to doing uh, their first really big interview. And uh, so, you know, I see this. I see this a lot. I, I have people email me say, "Cliff, you're not going to believe this. I did this interview, and it was, I was so excited. I was ready to get my podcast launched." And I got the biggest win I'd never even dreamed to be possible. And they agreed to do my show. And this happened. And they go on to tell me their story. And, I, and I've heard so many stories and so many different things. And, and, it, and it's a shame. So in today's episode, I want to share with you 21 tips to improve your podcast interviews. Before I do that, real quickly, though, I, wanna, I told you last episode that I would give you a little heads up about a brand new sponsor that I'm bringing in. Now, a couple of weeks back, I talked about uh, do I accept po- uh, sponsorship or advertising for Podcast Answer Man? And the answer to that question is no. Uh, I think last week, I, I pretty much went into detail about how much, you know, sometimes I even feel not guilty, but I feel very self-conscious about the amount of personal plugs that I make for my own products, my own services, and certainly right up, you know, the weeks leading up to a podcasting A to Z course. I, you know, sometimes I feel like I can push the limits of that. Um, And I certainly don't want to bring in another advertiser, another message, another call to action in Podcast Answer Man. But I do have other shows that don't directly produce income. Sometimes we just get behind a microphone and record podcasts. And when I say we, I'm talking about my wife and I. We get behind microphone, the microphone to talk about things that we love, things that we are passionate about. And believe it or not, I really enjoyed the Hunger Games. I really enjoyed the Twilight Saga podcast and, and other entertainment-based programming. Now, those things, like I said, they can have, you know, you, there's a small percentage of people who will be on the more technical side and, and say, hey, I want to do a podcast. And they might come over to Podcast Answer Man, but that's not the goal. It's not the intended purpose. The intended purpose there is to be entertaining uh, to be somewhat educational, but more on the entertaining side, to be a source of encouragement and to be a source of inspiration in our conversations, just just sharing our lives online 
for the benefit of helping others and inspiring others to live a, uh, a whatever kind of life that that they dream of. And so we we record all kinds of different shows. Now, we are getting ready to launch a brand new podcast, and I feel like I can share this publicly now because I'm in the final stages of getting a um, sponsorship agreement. I'm just waiting for it to come back to me in the mail. My friend Stuart Crane behind TVTalk.com. I believe that's the exact domain. Let me just make sure. I know it's the TV Talk Podcast Network, so TVTalk.com. And yes, that is exactly right. And if I click here, there's a one minute, 10 second video on the site and it might explain what TV Talk is. Let me go ahead and do this. Okay, admit it. There's at least one TV show you just can't get enough of. And for those shows, watching just isn't enough. You want to watch them, talk about them, and listen to what other fans are saying. You see that? TV Talk is a new app for fans like you who want to talk about their favorite shows wherever they are. Here's how it works. First, all you have to do is watch your show. Once the show starts, open up the TV Talk app on your smartphone or tablet and, well, talk. You can record your comments about your favorite characters or mind-blowing plot twists. The next morning, you and fans everywhere can listen to a talk show that's all about the episode and highlights the best comments from the night before, maybe even yours. And even if you DVR your shows or watch them later on demand, don't worry. TV Talk is available on demand, too. Watch, talk, listen. It's that easy. Just go to tvtalk.com now and download the app to keep enjoying your show long after the credits roll. Well, there you go. That's tvtalk.com, and you can get the app in the App Store for iOS. It's also available on Android. Now, this isn't being sponsored. This episode isn't sponsored by TV Talk. But uh, anyway, I I just want to say that I'm excited to say that TV Talk is picking up a sponsorship. uh, We'll be picking up a sponsorship. I'm pretty sure it's okay for me to talk about this. Everything's been verbally uh, agreed upon. We've got, or well, agreed upon via email. And not only that, but uh, the starting dates and everything have been worked out. But, um, and, and by the way, if, if things aren't okay, I guess I could kill this before July 4th. But, but uh, yeah, so, so the thing is, is I should have some agreements uh, in hand very shortly for sponsorship from TV Talk for two different shows, Family from the Heart and the brand new Veronica Mars Fan Podcast. So my wife and I, like I said, we do Family from the Heart. We've been doing that for just over five years, I think. And if you go to familyfromtheheart.com, you can get a feel for what that show is. Now, a majority of the people who listen to Family from the Heart found us through the Lost podcast, through some of our other TV show fan podcasts, or some of our other entertainment-based podcasts. It's very clear that a majority of the people who listen to Family from the Heart are very much TV watchers. All right. Now, if you have never heard of the TV show Veronica Mars, that's okay. I probably would have never heard of it either, except for the fact that my wife uh, was heard about the show from a member of our GSPN community and then got hooked and has probably seen every episode two or three times, as well as my daughter as well. Um, did I just say as well twice? I did. It doesn't matter. Let's move forward. But so... Stephanie has fallen in love with this, and it's a show that got canceled years ago, and there are, I can't remember how many seasons, maybe it's four seasons, six seasons, I can't remember. Stephanie will fill me in on all this stuff once we get going. She's the one with the real passion for this, and I'll be the one along for the ride to see if I can, you know, see if I I actually find the the entertainment value in the show. Uh, Sometimes, you know, that does work, and sometimes I don't end up finding that value, or, or agreeing it that this is the greatest thing. But uh, it certainly worked out for Twilight Saga. I, w- I was a little skeptical at first, and then I actually fell in love with that that mo- those movies. Eh, but certainly that book. The the books, all four books of the Twilight Saga were just awesome. I, I, I'm totally into Twilight, and I wish there were more books to come, to be honest with you. But anyway, if you want, that's twilightsagapodcast.com. And uh, but if anyway, so they canceled Veronica Mars without really ending the story. From what I understand, there is real no there is no real end that was ever told. And fans from all over the world were like, "This is crazy. We 
we want an ending. We we deserve an ending. We've given you all these years of our attention, and and uh, you've got to do something. At least give us a movie. They did this for Serenity uh, or Firefly. Uh, yeah, it was the Firefly show. But um, you know, you've got to do something for us. And you know, the TV network and and the people who owned it, you know, Rob Thomas, they just didn't do anything. Well, uh, let's see here. Back, it was. I think it was back in March of 2013, uh, so March of this year, uh, Rob Thomas created and kicked off a Veronica Mars movie project on Kickstarter. And basically what they said is that if we can raise $2 million within, was it 30 days? I think it was, if we can raise $2 million within 30 days, I've got the the movie studio behind me. We will commit to creating this movie. But you the only way we'll do it is if we can do this within 30 days, we need two we need to raise 2 million dollars. Well, I believe they made their 2 million dollar goal within 24 hours. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was one of the fastest um, you know, backed, you know, programs at least for movie anyway. Uh, but it, it was it was pretty amazing. So here's the deal: they ended up getting five million seven hundred two thousand one hundred fifty three dollars from ninety one thousand five hundred eighty five people. And of course, my wife is one of the backers. She actually backed it, I think, for fifty dollars, which says you'll receive everything listed above, plus you'll receive a physical DVD of the movie that will include a documentary on the making of Veronica Mars movie and the history-making Kickstarter campaign, plus other bonus features not available on the digital download and uh, all kinds of wonderful stuff there. So very, very cool uh, fan following. And this is something that interests me. You know, it's like, is there going to be an interest for a podcast devoted to Veronica Mars? And if there are 91,585 people that will contribute up to $5.7 million to get a movie made, uh, those those are some pretty diehard fans. And I guarantee you that a, a lot of those people the, who would be my target audience for this brand new podcast, if I can find where those people are online, and I have a hunch I can find them, I'm certain that there's got to be Veronica Mars fan sites out there and and Twitter IDs and all kinds of other stuff, and we'll we'll be creative in the way that we are, try to get the word out about our Veronica Mars fan podcast, where people can uh, listen to us as we record episode by episode as we're watching the show, our reaction to it, and and under you know our our thoughts as we uh, watch the story unfold. And Stephanie, from uh, you know the perspective of somebody who's watching it and is biting her tongue, and me trying to guess and give wild theories and crazy ideas about what I think might happen or who did what, and Stephanie uh, kind of trying to not you know spill the beans. It's it, it makes for a fun dynamic, and we're looking forward to it. And um, obviously, anyone who l- would listen to this, uh, they would be a TV show or TV fan. They would be a fan of television shows. And chances are these folks would be perfect for hearing about the brand new TVTalk.com, which, by the way, is in beta. Uh, I don't think the applications say beta, but um, it, it very much is a brand new company, brand new podcast network, and it's a different approach. These aren't podcasts that you'll find in iTunes um, and stuff, but you'll you'll find everything's done through their application and, uh, and and I've seen this application from its early alpha stages, and uh, I've seen it develop to where it is now out there in the, you know, the app store and everything. And, you know, I, in my opinion, it still has some work to be done, but the content is happening. They have hired hosts, professional hosts uh, to to actually create the fan podcast. This isn't just anybody out there. There's an interview process. It's it's really cool. I'm I'm excited about what Stuart has done. And Stuart happens to be one of my business advisors, and um, he also is a good friend. And I have uh, watched this go from an idea all the way to what it is today. And I'm pretty excited to have him as a sponsor and and uh, for for a sponsor for two of our shows and. 
I believe that sponsor will be covering for the entire first season of our coverage of the Veronica Mars podcast, which is 22 episodes. Uh, and I believe we're, it, I think it's going to be right after we get back from vacation. So uh, right around late July or first week in August, I'll have to look at the last emails that we sent uh, back and forth with each other. But um, anyway, uh, Family from the Heart is getting uh, sponsorship all the way through the end of 2013 uh, which is really cool. And as far, I, I won't share dollar figures or anything like that, but it's it's substantial. It's good. It's it's very good. And uh, it's much better than than what most people would ever think to, to work out. And I believe it will be a total win for them. Uh, and I, I know that it'll be a win for us. And it's our hope that we'll find all those Veronica Mars fans out there. Yeah, my goal is to probably... You know, I, I hate to throw numbers out there, but my goal is to get probably at least 10,000 of those 91,585 people who contributed to the Kickstarter campaign. So a minimum of 10,000 of them by the end of the first season of coverage. But yeah, so how did this how did this sponsorship come about? Just like any of my other sponsorships out of um, a relationship. Uh, well, I guess the Virtual Assistant podcast uh, didn't come out of a relationship. Instead, the virtualassistant.com podcast, uh, that one came out of, uh, uh, well, I guess it did come out of a relationship. I had a relationship with the with Contemporary VA, who was the firm that was uh, the employer for my virtual assistant who found me. And when I when she found me and I decided I wanted to work with her, I was working with her through this firm. And uh, and I, I, I fell in love with the idea of having a virtual assistant and learning how to delegate. And I wanted to share my progress and document it for my community. And so I was going to create a separate podcast. And I went to them and said, listen, I have this relationship with you through this. This is the podcast that I'm thinking about creating. This is my experience online. You can look online and stuff like that. This is what I plan on doing. Uh, and I actually had already a, a ton of voicemail questions already on on the voicemail feedback hotline because I had shared it on Podcast Answer Man that I was thinking about creating this podcast. And while I had the CEO of Contemporary VA on the phone, I played those questions. I say, listen, I'm going to answer these questions with or without you. But probably what will happen, and of course, I don't do this anymore, but back then I did. I, I said, you know, I, I have the uh, this thing called Plus Membership. It's a, it, it's a partial premium content where I give one episode a month for free, and if you want every episode every month or every week, uh, then it's ten dollars a month to be a plus member, and you get access to not only that show but also all the other shows that we produce. And at the time, we were producing seven to fifteen episodes a week. It was crazy. Anyway, that that's what I told. Him. I said, so number one, I could give every episode away for free, answering everyone's questions about virtual assistants, and I can tell them that it's provided to them for free every week because of the generous support of Contemporary VA. Or I can just say, hey folks, I hope you enjoy this free episode. I do share this, I do actually get behind the microphone and answer questions every week and share my story about my own journey. Uh, But if you wanna get it every week, then you can learn more about Plus Membership at gspn.tv slash plus. And of course, because of that relationship that I had and because of my experience already going in and, and my history of creating content consistently, uh, with a, being able to show the quality of that I have, you know, and obviously there was some social proof. I was able to show uh, how many Twitter followers I had and all this other stuff, and and uh, it was a pretty easy sell, to be honest with you. That that, w- but it was still done somewhat in, in a relationship because I had a relationship with the company that I was actually going after. Uh, but you know, with the family from the heart, Mardell.com. Uh, relationship that I had for a sponsorship for four and a half years for Family from the Heart. That was out of a relationship with somebody from our community. And of course, Stuart Crane is a friend and he is a business advisor and he, you know, is somebody that I have a very good relationship with. And and so you you may never, what's the name of that book that Dan Miller always talks about? And my friend Travis was even doing a podcast. I, I don't know if he changed his name or uh, brand away from it, but uh, I really love the name. Diamonds in Your Own Backyard. You know, you never know who might be listening to you that has a product, that has a service that 
that would probably do really well to be exposed on your show to your community. Uh, Before you get into that mode, though, take some time and build your community. Build the relationships with your community. See, you know, here's the deal. Can you land uh, a sponsorship? And and again, I'm not going to divulge any details about the specific number values of the sponsorship for uh, with TV Talk. But let's just ask this. This is a hypothetical, and it's not the numbers that that we're talking about here. But could you, let's say, get $300 per episode for your podcast if you only had 1,000 subscribers to your show? And the answer to the question is, well, it depends. And I think the answer to the question can be yes, Especially if there are a couple things in the play that come into play. Number one, do you have a narrowly niched focused uh, focus for your show? Do you have a niche aud- Do you have a niche focus? For me, I'm this show is podcast answer man. It's all about podcasting. As you can imagine, I have people who want to sponsor podcast answer man. I've been offered one thousand dollars per episode, uh, so that's an extra four thousand dollars per month of income that I've been offered from multiple companies to sponsor Podcast Answer Man. And I've said no every single time. Podcast Answer Man generates far more than $4,000 in income, not directly from advertising or sponsorship, but by all those other little things that I mention uh, all the time here on Podcast Answer Man. I try to usually put most of it at the end. But um, yeah, this there's, yeah, so... So it generates, I know that Podcast Answer Man is highly valuable uh, family from the heart. I happen to know that uh, you know we had a pretty decent, substantial amount p- per episode that we received, and there were many months that uh, Mardell.com sold twelve thousand, fourteen thousand, more than twenty thousand dollars in a single month of their online store products, such as Bibles, homeschool curriculum, uh, and and Christian books and movies and CDs. So. Uh, and that, and by the way, Family from the Heart had just under one thousand subscribers for those four and a half years. Um, there were t- there was a time when it had just a little over a thousand, maybe twelve twelve hundred, fourteen hundred. But um, but let me tell you something; those are some pretty diehard community members. So so number one, is there a narrowly niched focus? And for Family from the Heart, it worked out for the Christian bookstore because my wife and I are Christians, and we've have a very you know, Christian-oriented focus on the show. Not that we actually quote scriptures or say, here's the three spiritual things that we learned this week. I mean, we live our lives authentically as Christians uh, and sometimes a little authentic, too authentic for many Christians out there uh, in Family from the Heart. But um, but it worked, it, that worked out. So so it's, it, it was easy for Mardell to see the value in the connected audience, the the relationships that we had. So it wasn't just the narrow niche, but it was also the fact that we had a relationship with uh, the the members of the GSPN community or the family from the heart listeners. Um, out of, you know, even today, out of, let's just say, I think it's somewhere between 700 to 850 per episode that we're getting on family from the heart right now. Let's just say out of 700, I can actually give you the first name, last name, email address, and at least one to five personal details of over 500 of those subscribers. Guaranteed, I can pull them up and and tell you all about them. You give me a name, uh, you give me a first name, last name, and I'll give you all the other information. You give me a Twitter ID, I'll go look them up and tell you their first name, last name, and all the information. Um, I, and, and I know this because I track all that stuff. I, I, and I build those relationships over years. Uh, Veronica Mars, very simple as well. And by the way, why, why would TV talk again, uh, be interested in family from the heart? And it's because the primary way we've gained the subscribers that we have was because we share this shared passion for TV shows. All right. And it makes sense. So, so can you do this? The, the question is, is do you have a thousand, a, a, a thousand people who are subscribed to your show or listen to your show every single week that where out of that thousand people that you know, 
the first name, last name, and a couple personal details, not just because you put them in a database, but because, well, you've been building a relationship with those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, one-on-one conversations over the last five to seven years of your life as you've poured into creating great content for those people and answering questions and responding to comments and all of those other things, doing live shows and hangouts and and just really getting to meet the people, going out of town and throw, hosting meetups and, and sitting down and having dinner with a group of five to eight of them at a time and buying them dinner. Have you done those things? And if you have, then you'd be shocked at the amount of value that you have to an advertiser. So yeah, that, or a sponsor, preferably. Sponsor, I think, is a little bit different than an advertiser. When I think of an advertiser, I think of somebody who, number one, pays, you know, based upon CPM or cost per thousand. Uh, and then also advertisers, somebody that, in my mind, doesn't, you don't necessarily have a relationship with. They're paying you to, to mention their product. Um, whereas with sponsors, I kind of think there's a little bit more of a relationship involved. I, I would, I, I haven't talked to Stuart about this, but I, I would imagine it's not just the fact that he's going to get um, the the exposure to his TV Talk brand, but I happen to know that that Stuart also is a is a fan not just of our content, but he's a fan of Cliff and Stephanie, and I don't say that in an egotistical way. He, he likes us. He, he loves what we stand for. Uh, and, and I know this because if you, if you really want to know, here's what you do, okay? Go to gspn.tv forward slash check. That's right. You can go and type that into your browser. If you want to know how I know this for a fact, go to gspn.tv slash check. And, uh, and you can see that. And, and then you'll know why I can tell you that with confidence uh, that that you know it's it's not just about the exposure there there's some amazing things that come out of having relationships with people and really caring and following your dreams and ha- and standing for something and and all of those things it, there's so and it, just like I said last week in in the last episode um, I, I told you that you know it's not just a sales page and 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 a bunch of benefits that that's that get people to click a register now button and to type in uh, a payment on their credit card for $1,999, which of course, um, you know, is, is, is a lot of money, but there, there are so many things and it's not about a, a formula to manipulate people to get people to do it. It's, are you doing what you're doing because it creates value and it benefits people's lives and you're following what you're called to do and your, and your purpose. And I think that if you have a show like that, then, then ultimately great things will come your way. And I think it is possible to gr- get a great sponsorship. So there you go. That, that, that's my thoughts on our new sponsor um, that, that I am so thankful for. Thankful for uh, the friendship and relationship that I have with Stuart Crane. And, and we're very thankful for uh, the sponsored content that or the sponsorship um, commitment that is coming from the tvtalk.com network uh, for the Family from the Heart podcast and the soon-to-be-launched veronicamarspodcast.com. That's veronicamarspodcast.com. And uh, that podcast will go live probably, uh, well, it, it's actually in a date that we told him, but I think it's 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 August 1st uh, or right the first week in August, but I'll look at it. We're going on. We're actually, as you're hearing this, we're on vacation still. Uh, we're in the Smoky Mountains as as you're listening to this. Uh, that's hard for me to believe. I I I don't even want to think that far ahead because I I'm I'm still looking for the cruise. Looking forward to the cruise as I'm recording. But anyway, so we're now 30 minutes into this. Let's move on into my 21 tips to improve your podcast interviews. Uh, these are these are things that you you ought to be thinking about. I won't, I won't should on you uh, because, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you should do, although I think I might actually have the word should in here several times, so maybe I, maybe I will. Uh, but here are 21 tips that will help you improve your interview process, and some of this is etiquette, and this was all precipitated a long time ago, well, by, I'll just say with the, by a good friend of mine who was getting a lot of requests for a lot of interviews. 
And a lot of people who just created a podcast because it really, for some people, it doesn't take a lot of po- things to do a podcast. And they, you can go to some sites and cl- click a little button and boom, you're up and running. And you just send somebody an email and you say, hey, I have my own internet radio show and I'd like to interview you. Well, that's a li- there, there's a big difference in somebody that does that compared to somebody who is, you know, going at this with a, you know, a professional approach and has a lot more courtesy and, and etiquette and, and uh, respect for the people that they're asking and and you know they're doing their due diligence and stuff ahead of time and so I this friend of mine was getting burned by a lot of uh, uh, commitments to doing interviews and people really not being prepared for the interview not showing up on time going way over and uh, so so um, you know I, I came up with a list of etiquette and I actually enrolled a couple of my friends in fact uh, my good friend Daniel Lewis uh, from the the ramen noodle uh, or the uh, what is it the audacity to podcast uh, over at noodle.mx uh, network and uh, my good friend Mark Mason from late night internet marketing he helped out with some of these and and stuff like that but uh, here's a list of those tips let's just start with the first one here when inviting a guest for an interview be sure to clearly communicate the name of your show the website address of your show, and what your show is about. You know, this is very important for you to do. Uh, In fact, many people won't, you know, if you're going to ask them via an email, which is probably how most of this is going to happen, then give them at least enough information about your show to make them want to research it. If you just say, hey, I I have a podcast, can I interview you for my show? Well, then they have to actually hit the reply button, ask you more information about your show. And the fact is, is they didn't even ask for your email in the first place. So you're already kind of, you know, invading their territory. It's kind of like knocking on their front door while they're eating dinner with the family, if you kind of know what I mean. So if you're going to interview them, or if you're going to interrupt their their daily routine by placing an email request in their box, give them at least enough to consider you. Hey, I am, you know, if if, if I was, if I was uh, going to reach out for uh, an interview with one of the uh, people who are involved in mo- making the movie for Veronica, Veronica Mars, I would say, "Hi, my name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I am the host of the Veronica Mars Fan Podcast. I've been podcasting about TV shows since 2005, and have ha- had more than eight years of experience in doing this." recorded more than 3,000 episodes, and I absolutely am so excited about your movie. By the way, um, if you want to check it out, you can see our podcast over at veronicamarspodcast.com, and we are a fan-based community who are basically covering every single season of your show, from uh, of the TV show, episode by episode, and of course, we're also covering production movie notes as we are eagerly anticipating the upcoming movie and would love to talk to you or anybody on your team about some you know information about we that we can learn anything that we can learn would be great so so I, what I've done there is I told them the name of the show I told them what our show is about who we are and again give them the website address <clears throat> now some of you may not want to give them the website address because your websites are ugly uh, you may want to you want you may want to beef up your website a little bit before you you start handing out that URL, but you definitely want to hand out the URL. All right. So if you if you've got great looking podcast artwork and you look professional, when these people get the email, there's a there's a very real chance that their immediate response would have been no. But because you put a link in there, and may and by the way, make that link. No, don't just put you know, uh, whatever dot, you know, whatever dot com, make sure you put the hyperlink in there, make it, you know, make it to where you know it's going to be clickable in most email applications, make it as so, as easy as possible so they can just click the link because they're probably going to do it if they open the email at all and they're going to look at your website and all of a sudden what may have been a no because you have a professional looking website, great looking podcast artwork and if they click the play button and they hear amazing audio, especially if it has a professional intro or at least you sound professional when you're doing your own intro, like I do here for Podcast Answer Man, then all of a sudden what could have been a no 
may end up being a yes. So again, when you're inviting a guest for an interview, be clear, be sure to clearly communicate the name of your show, the purpose of your show, what your show's about, and also make sure you give them the address of your website. Next, you want to explain why you want to have the guest on your show. What is the purpose? What value would they bring to your audience? And you actually want to pose it as what value that you explain. So, So basically, this communicates, hey, I know who you are. I find that you are a person that has information of great value, and I respect you based up and and I and I look up to you based upon just how insightful you are the experience that you have that's so inspiring or encouraging and I just know that if I was able to have the honor of having you as a guest on my show my audience would benefit by hearing this or my audience would gain this benefit and if you did that there's a good chance that you're going not to play into their ego but to let them know that, hey, this person knows who I am, knows what I'm about, and they and they kind of get me, and they understand. And it's like, wow, I, I, I would like to have that opportunity to inspire them with this story or whatever the case may be. All right, the next one in my list, clearly communicate how long you are requesting for the interview to take place. Don't just ask for the interview. Ask, may I have, uh, uh, may I, uh, re- I would like to request a 30 minute interview with you. I'd really like to request a 45 minute interview with you. I'd like to request a one hour video or one hour interview with you. Don't ask for an interview without telling them how how long the interview will be because that could factor into whether or not they're going to give you that time. Now, 30 minutes is really good. Sometimes, you know, you can go 45 minutes to an hour. It depends on what you work out, but make sure that you do work that out. You you could actually say, I would love to request an hour of your time to do an interview. Um, However, I'm willing to concede and do 30 minutes if that better suits your schedule. And and just work with them. Be flexible flexible with what they choose. In fact, the next tip that I'm going to give you is be prepared by offering at least two to three time slots in advance that you're giving them, say here, in fact, here are three dates and times that you could choose from if any of these work within your set schedule. If not, I'm, a, I'm more than open to being flexible to fit your scheduled scheduling needs. But when you give them options of times, what you're going to find is that it, it helps them. You know, it's like, uh, oh, wait, let me just see if I have one of these days and times open in my calendar. And then they, if one of them works, then boom, they can say, yes, I can do this date. But if all of a sudden they, they, they are wanting to say yes, you could end up getting a no because I don't have time to work out when it's going to work out for them. We're going to have to go back and forth, blah, 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 blah. I really don't even want to bother with that. I'm just going to say no. Whereas if you had the two or three options in there, they could easily look to see if one of those two or three options are available and if so, they could, you could immediately get a spot with that time booked. All right, next one is once you confirm a date and time with your guest, be sure, certain to communicate how the interview will be conducted. Uh, you want to make sure that you provide ap- applicable information such as phone numbers that they might need to dial, Skype IDs, uh, or make sure that you're just going to, cl- and also make sure that you're going to clearly communicate who is going to initiate the call. Are they calling you or are you calling them? Be clear on these things. The next one is if the interview is scheduled more than a week in advance, be sure to send a follow-up reminder one week prior to the scheduled interview. And then, of course, my next tip is related to that. Regardless of when the interview is scheduled, send a follow-up reminder the day before, the night before the interview, and be sure to communicate again in that reminder how the interview will be conducted and the contact information as well as who is going to be initiating the call. And my next tip should go without saying, but you must be sure to include time and time zones. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the number of times when somebody's set up an, uh, an interview uh, with, or I've set up an interview with someone and I actually said, hey, we're going to meet, we're going to get together. It's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern time. 
and I will call you via Skype. And I get on there at 3 p.m. Eastern time and nothing. They're not there. And I so I send, send them an email and I don't hear back and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, it is 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time. And, um, you know, they're like, hey, you know, I'm ready for this interview. It's like, oh, dude, I'm I'm doing something else right now. Uh, and, well, you know what? Uh, we were supposed to meet an hour ago. Oh, I'm on Central Time. And, and you know, I'm one of those people that I've dealt with this so, for so many years with different time zones all over the world that I always communicate in Eastern Time. But even, even when you communicate time and time zones, it can still be confusing. But if, they, if you're pretty new to interviewing and you're starting to interview people in other time zones, make sure you let them know. Is that Eastern Time, Central Time, Pacific Time, Mountain Time, or is it, you know, what time is it in the Netherlands or in Australia or wherever you're calling? So, uh, yeah, do that. Okay, next one is consider sending an outline of questions that you will cover in advance for the interview. Now, this is one that I personally do not do. Uh, and it's also one, if you interview me, I'd prefer you not send me questions in advance. I prefer—I mean, if you're going to interview me, I hope that you're interviewing me on a topic that I already am very knowledgeable about. Uh, and most of the time, it's about my experience. It's about my thoughts on creating a podcast for a business, or it's my my journey, my story, and I know that stuff. And so if you can, you can ask me anything related to the things that I that you know that I'm known for, and I'll be able to talk about them off the top of my head. And I, if, I, if you send me your questions, I'll feel obligated to look at them. I'll feel obligated to try to prepare a response ahead of time. And then all of a sudden, what you've just done is you've given me homework. And I hate homework. I'm just saying. However, some people would much prefer get, to get your questions ahead of time. And so this is one of those things where you could ask your guest or your interviewee ahead of time. You can say, hey, would you like me to send you a list of questions that I'll cover ahead of time? Um, just, just know that if you ever want to interview me, understand that if you say, I'm going to send you uh, a list of questions that we'll be covering in the interview, I will respond to you very clearly and then communicate to you, is it required that I look at these questions prior to the interview? Because if so... It may change, you know, my desire on whether or not I'm going to do the interview or not. Uh, I I just don't do homework. I don't like to do homework. I don't like to prepare for questions and 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 stuff like that ahead of time. Uh, it it just it's just not me. That's that's all. I I like to I like to have conversations with people. I don't like to I don't like to. I, I'm not I'm not applying for a job with you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, if, but be, oh yeah, and just be willing to provide a list of potential questions for someone. Oh, and and the other one is I, I've seen this for some people. Um, there are some people out there that you know they want you to provide the questions in writing in advance, and they don't want you to ever deviate from those questions. You can't ask the question in a different way. You can't ask questions that weren't on the list and stuff like that. Personally, me, I stay away from those people. However, you might want to interview some of those people for your show for whatever reason. And if so, be flexible with them. You know, how important is it to have that guest on your show? And if it's important to you, then then do what you can to make it make it work out for your, for them and for yourself. All right. Uh, if something comes up on your schedule that would conflict with your scheduled interview... Don't put this off immediately without passing go, without collecting $200. Immediately contact your guest and let them know. Make sure to confirm that they've also received your, your messages communicating that you're no longer available for that scheduled time. Uh, th- this is something I've seen before. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I had this come up and that's why I wasn't on the call. It's like, dude, you could have told me. You could have told me. Now we all understand things come up last minute. The you know the, those things happen. Things happen you know j- minutes before the scheduled call. Things happen just a couple hours before the call. But by golly, if something happens the night before the call and the call's not until three o'clock in the afternoon the next day, send an email. You might not get a response right then, but send an email. And this happened to me just recently. 
uh, somebody sent me an email and said, Cliff, man, I'm, you know, I know we're scheduled for four and uh, can we do it at two o'clock instead? And the answer was no, I'm not available at two because my studio was being used for other purposes at the time. And uh, the rest of my day was was full. But I really appreciated the fact that the night before he sent me an email, I woke up in the morning and I saw the the request and I was able to say, hey, thanks for letting me know. Unfortunately, I'm not available at this different time. Uh, if you would like, I can still meet you at four. But if you if that doesn't work out for you, I can just go ahead and and take this off my schedule. And it was kind of and it kind of was nice for me to be able to know several hours in advance that that slot was being opened up because it allowed me to then say, hey, I'm glad that I have this hour. Now I can actually fit this activity within that hour. So be respectful. If you're not going to be there for an interview, you know it. As soon as you know it, let your guest know. Okay, the next tip here is always mark off at least 30 minutes before your scheduled interview. Uh, this is so that you can prepare for the call. Pre- prepare your mind. Go through your notes that you have about this person. Uh, and, and just make sure that, um, you know, that you don't have any obligations at all that would keep you from being on time. Uh, this means that, you know, don't, don't go scheduling five interviews all back to back with only 15 minute buffers in between. All right. Cause there's a good chance that your call before is going to go over. So, so leave yourself a little margin, make sure that you're going to be able to be 30 minutes before you even need to answer the phone or pick up the Skype you know, answer the Skype call 30 minutes before, be 100% prepared to, to, to go early if, if it happens, if all of a sudden that person calls you in 10 minutes earlier, you know, be prepared, be ready. Don't, don't, don't be thrown off guard if they call you a few minutes early and say, Hey, I just need a few more minutes. That's not how you want to do things. You want to be, you know, give yourself a little margin beforehand. And of course, again, prepare yourself. And I'm going to give you some of the things that you can do uh, to prepare yourself in just a moment. But the, the next thing on my list here is call your guest on time. If you're initiating the call, seriously, be very respectful of their time. Don't call them five minutes early. Don't call them five minutes late. Call them on time. The next one also has a lot to do with respecting your guest, and that is do not go over your scheduled time for the interview. Remember, we... we want to let people know ahead of time, this is a 30-minute interview, this is a 45-minute interview, this is a 60-minute interview. If you have scheduled 30 minutes with that person to start at 3 p.m. Eastern time, then at 3.27 p.m., you are winding down that interview. And you are at the spot where at 3.30 p.m. sharp, you're ready to stop the call. It's over and it can be done. All right. Be very respectful of your time. Now, you may develop a good rapport with the person and, and all of a sudden it's like now you and at around 26 or 27 minutes. It's like, OK, I know that we're we're only scheduled for 30 minutes. <clears throat> I want to be respectful of your time. So I've got one last question. And if all of a sudden they say, well, if you've got time, I've got time. That's when you can continue on. But, you know, going, here's one thing I can tell you. If you actually have a a guest on your show, and especially if it's one of those high level interviews that you have been dreaming of getting, if all of a sudden you you get uh, an interview with them and you tell them it's going to be a 30 minute interview and you are an hour and 10, you kept them on for an hour and 10 minutes onto your show, um, I, I guarantee you, you'll never get an interview with them again. And there's a good chance that they'll be connected to other people you really want to get on your show. And your likelihood of them actually bringing you up in a conversation is going to be there. And don't be surprised if you don't get other interview requests um, answered with an affirmative, yes, I'd love to be on your show. Show respect. And when your time is over, end the interview. All right. Follow up with a thank you note. That's the next tip. Uh, this can be done via email if you want. Uh, if, in fact, if you can get their their actual physical address, you could send them the a card in the mail, a handwritten thank you card, uh, or maybe even a gift by mail. Um, and if all you had in the, was an email address, maybe you, you could send them a, a, a 
Amazon gift card uh, or or something else, but at the very least, a very personal email from you to them thanking them for their time. Alrighty, and then let's see here. Be prepared to give an introduction of your guest rather than asking them to introduce themselves. So th- here's the deal. Everybody loves to to have other people talk about their accomplishments and, and to show off for them in front of your community. Let me tell you, I am talking to you. Today we are going to be talking to my great friend Pat Flynn, who is the most inspirational online internet marketer out there because he's not your typical internet marketer. Let me tell you how I found out about Pat. Let me tell you why I like Pat. Let me tell you about some of the great things Pat has accomplished, the things that he stands for. I really like this guy, and that's why I've brought him on the show today. Pat, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show. That is a whole lot different than Hey, Pat, I'm so glad that you're on here. I know I know who you are, but uh, take a few minutes and please tell everybody who you are and what you do. That, oh, come on, seriously? Don't do that. That That's not cool. All right, so so take some time to get to know your guest. You know, do a little research and uh, and, and do a little bit, don't, you know, don't do, do it can. You know, see if you can't be genuinely interested in that individual. And if you can't, let me tell you something. Don't don't ask them onto your show. Seriously, um, you know that that's my that's my thought on it. Uh, you know, if you if you don't care enough about the person to actually get to know a little bit about them and to be excited enough about them that you could actually say a couple cool things about them without actually being prompted with a pre-scripted bio off their website, then by all means, um, you, you know, I, I just wonder why are you why are they on your show? Oh, that's right, because they're going to bring credibility to you. Whatever. Seriously, is this all about you? Because that's the other thing. If it's all about you, then forget it. It'll be over before you know it. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's getting late at night. This is my third podcast episode in a row, and I'm about ready to get a little bit more unfiltered, if you will. So let's move forward. Uh, Let's see here. The next one is when asking a question, don't continue speaking and answering the question for them uh and and i i recently heard this from somebody uh who did an interview and and i'll i'll try to see if i can ask you let me let me just say i'll i'll bring up pat flynn again uh let me give you an example of a question where you answer the question for them so so here's the question the question is hey pat can you tell me what is the great what is your greatest tip for sending out emails on your newsletter list. All right, so you know, so that's the question. Hey, Pat, can you tell me what's your number one tip for sending out emails to those who are on your mailing list? End of question. Shut up. Stop talking, and listen. All right, but let me tell you what I've heard. You know, recently, and I've heard this a lot in the past as well. Hey, Pat, so the next question I want to ask you about is mailing lists, you know, and uh, one of the things I know about mailing lists is that, you know, you can actually make a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of mistakes and I know that you are really great at sending out emails because I'm on your mailing list and one of my favorite things about your mailing list is how you do this, this, and this. And the one thing that I noticed is that everybody makes this mistake and I, I want to ask you what your number one tip is for sending out the first email to those who are on your mailing list. Now, one of the things that I do on my mailing list is I do this, 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 and this, and I also make sure that I do this and this. Uh, what do you think, Pat? Yeah, that that's and man, you know, ask a question and be quiet. You know, kind of like what's the what is the you know think about this. What is the quickest way I can state this question with the fewest amount of words where the the heart of the question will be conveyed clearly to my audience and to my interviewee and then bite my tongue and not say another word? You know, it's like, ugh, seriously. Uh, you know, and, and, and there are people who really struggle with this. And this is why I think it's really important when you're starting out as a podcaster and you're really nervous talking about these, you know, you get the A-lister out there and and you get really nervous. If you don't have a lot of experience or practice, you're going to you're going to come off not having a polished interview. 
And and when you have that out there and that episode's out there and it's not a good polished interview, then what happens is the next big A-lister that you're going to have and you're going to actually say, hey, I also talked to so-and-so. I talked to Pat Flynn. Here, listen to that episode. They're going to go listen to the episode with Pat Flynn and they're going to hear you asking seven-minute questions and letting Pat affirm your awesomeness. <laughs> okay, it's like it, it's seriously. And and by the way, I say this. I struggled with this in the past as well. And so I, I'm 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 preaching to the choir here myself. And and I will tell you that this, this was a real struggle for me. Another thing, um, here here is here you go. Don't interrupt your guest when they are speaking. Don't complete their sentences. Don't. St- don't stop them from talking so that you can agree and say that, oh, yeah, I already knew that. And this is another example of how I and I struggle with this one, too, because I want people to think that, hey, I'm just as cool as this person. And I know these things. And I'm afraid that if I don't if I don't agree and 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 state something else as well and show how I have I can exemplify how I live this out in my life, then all of a sudden other people are going to think, wow, you know, I, I'm not as cool. You know, you have to get over that and just let the person talk. Let the person talk without interrupting them. And the next one is, uh, this is a huge one. Don't give verbal agreements to every statement that they make. You know, this is where the person says a sentence and you go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yep. And and I, there are sometimes where I'm halfway tempted. I am halfway tempted to take an interview where well actually most of the time I just turn the interview off. When I hear mhm mhm yep mhm 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 this is what I think blah 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 blah. blah. What do you think about this? Mhm mhm yep mhm yep yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the first thing that I do is I turn it off. But I'm halfway tempted to run back into my studio, go and get the original MP3 of that, download it, and take out every single thing except for where they said, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, and show them that they got 10 minutes of uh-huhs in there. Gosh, that's annoying. Anyway, don't do that. <laughs> Seriously, ask your question in the shortest amount of words that still conveys the heart of the question to your audience and to your interview, interviewee, and then, mm, teeth on tongue, bite your tongue, close your mouth, don't make noises, let your guest speak, all right? Give them the mic. All righty. Avoid questions that allow for simple one-word answers. Um, especially for, there are some people you're going to invite on your show that you're going to wish you never would have invited. <laughs> I'm just saying, there are going to be some people is like, you can ask them questions like, so can you tell us a little bit about how it was when you w- received that, that uh, cease and desist letter? And they're going to come back and they're going to say, it was horrible. And that's it. That's all they're going to give you. Now, th- now that that one's on them. But every now and then, so have so don't uh, don't ask them. So, were you upset when you got the cease and desist letter? Cuz the answer to that question is yes or no. Now, somebody who's a good interviewee is going to say, "Yes. Now, let me tell you what happened. In fact, I was so upset that I did this." But some people are going to be they're just going to be nervous to be on your show and they're just going to give a yes or no answer. And you're going to kill the conversation. And it's going to be boring to listen to. So don't give questions or, or you should avoid. And there I did. I, I find, you know, I tried to avoid shooting on you, but um, you should avoid questions that allow for simple one word answers. Try to get questions that are open ended and allow for conversation. And then uh, two more. Have an idea of the main points you desire to come out with uh, to come out of this interview and ask questions one, two, or three, that is going to help you to reach the goal. And then for the rest of the interview, allow it to flow. So if I have 30 minutes with an A-list interviewee guest, somebody like a Michael Hyatt or a Dan Miller or, or a Dave Ramsey, you know, there are three things I really hope to get out of Dave Ramsey. Number one, Dave Ramsey, can you tell us what it was like when you had lost everything 
and you're building what is currently today this financial peace empire, uh, can you tell me what it was like month by month doing this on a folding card table? You know, were there times where you couldn't pay the bills? Were there times when you cried uh, about just you know the 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 weight and the stress? That that's that's number one. I take me back and explain to me the mindset that you had back then. Um, number two, you know, what was it like to do this? And so so I want to know there are there are three things that I'm hoping to get from Dave, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna keep asking him questions that drive us closer. To those three things. Now, if I only get one of them out or two of them out, that's fine. But if I get all three of them out, that's fine. As that's great. But the idea is to not have pre-scripted questions all written out, but three things, three three items that you hope that will come out in the conversation, and three goals to achieve by that having that conversation. And, and, and try to achieve those goals. Make it a game to, to achieve those goals. And I like that approach a whole lot more than having a preset, a preset, pre-scripted amount of questions that you ask in order. And there's nothing I despise more than to listen to an interview where all of a sudden the, the interviewee asks question number one, he gets an answer. And then all of a sudden, they could have gone on so much deeper, so much more rich of a conversation. But instead, we go to dry, boring question number two. And then all of a sudden, that guest is ready to pour their heart out. But there's no time because there's seven more pre-scripted questions. And then question number three comes, and then all of a sudden, the guest starts going on, and and that leads them to a recollection of something, and they start sharing, start sharing, start sharing, and finally, the interviewee's getting a little bit nervous because there's still four more questions to get to, or three more questions to do, and then all of a sudden, question number seven, the the interviewee, I'm sorry, the interviewer, the podcaster, asks the scripted question, and the answer was already given as an offshoot of something that the person answered earlier. It's like, you didn't even listen. Oh, my goodness. And so that's the other thing. Uh, Actually, I'm going to give you 22 steps. 22 steps. Listen to the person speaking. And I have been guilty of wondering, oh, my gosh, what's my next question? What's my next question? And and, And not listening to them as they're speaking. I wonder if I've actually even done that one where I ask somebody a question right after they just answered, giving, you know, giving an answer for that question right after or right before my asking it. Ah, anyway. And then, of course, the, the final one that I had written down here, make sure that you learn how to pronounce the name of your guest. You know, Dr. Pei Kang, Ijama Eleazu. You know, you you want you want to actually ask them. Can you can you write that out in pronunciation form? What does it sound like? You know, and and ijama eleazu is something that I practiced and 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 stuff like that before. And of course, I didn't interview ijama, but I actually did uh, communicate her name verbally many times during our live group coaching calls. And I didn't want to, you know, ayojima. And I didn't want to, you know, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I was saying it correctly. And so the, one of the first things I did when, when she introduced herself, I said, can you, can you help me understand how to pronounce your name? And that's where, our, and, and she's like, oh my gosh, I've never heard somebody say Ijama Eleazu for the first time, right? Like that, that was very cool. And, and it means something to them when you go out of your way to correctly pronounce their name, especially when they have those difficult ones. Well, my friends, uh, that is it. Those are 22 tips that will help you improve your podcast interviews and certainly help you to um, res- you know, find ways to respect the guests that do say yes to coming onto your show. And now I am finished recording three Podcast Answer Man episodes in one day. My voice is almost gone. But I am so thankful that I've done it, and now I can go away for a two-week vacation, which by the time you're hearing this, I'm almost finished with my second week of vacation, and uh, I'm enjoying my time with my family. God willing that nothing bad happens, but uh, I am enjoying my time with my family, and at the same time, this episode was automatically pre-scheduled 
to deliver to you on Thursday, July 4th. Which, by the way, since it is Thursday, July 4th, there is only a few more weeks until our July 22nd launch of podcasting A to Z. Now, by the time that this episode goes live, I have no idea how many time, how many seats are available. But if you want in, email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and see if there are any spots left. Or you can go to uh, podcastinga2z.com. Again, that's podcastinga2z.com. Click the register button and see if it lets you in. If it actually gives you a little message that says, um, you know, quant- you know, quantity not available or out of stock, then uh, send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, and I'll let you know if there's anything that could be done. But uh, anyway, looking forward to it. Looking forward to having as many of you as possible in that A to Z course. And um, yeah, that's it. I, for those of us who are in the United States, happy 4th of July. I hope that you are all safe. Don't get burned with fireworks. Don't go out drinking and driving and all that other stuff. And uh, you may want to stay off the stay off of many of those roads as possible uh, for the people out there that maybe aren't being as cautious with their lives. Uh, I just pray that each and every one of you are safe. And uh, again, I, I thank you for the opportunity to come and speak to you each and every week. I am very blessed to have you out there in this community. And uh, we'll be back again. I'll be back in the studio next week. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, one thing. Bluehost. I did have somebody, uh, mcprodnet.com. I don't know what that uh, stands for, but but MC, that's like, uh, it says, oh, it stands for MC, Mary Charlie, uh, MC Production Network. Uh, Thank you to mcprodnet.com for signing up for their hosting account through Bluehost in using my affiliate link. I appreciate that. You can learn all about my thoughts on hosting at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And with that, I can now stop talking. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. It's a man.